Welcome to the Dream Big Nation podcast. In this show, veteran recruiter, wealth mentor, and entrepreneur, Lisa Williams, will take you on a journey of exploration and discovery to learn what it takes to hire yourself. Are you ready to dream big and grow into the person you're meant to become? If so, you're in for a treat. And now, here is your host, Lisa Williams. Hello, friends. Welcome back to our Dream Big Nation podcast. I am so blessed to join with you today with a new friend, Miss Joy Robles. Welcome, Joy, to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, friends, as you know, I have been just so blessed with a genuine fascination in people and their life stories. And I especially love to bring you stories of ingenuity and growth mindset and especially people that have taken the initiative and like brave, brave leap to hire themselves. And every conversation that we're having is helping me grow and learning more about my fellow entrepreneurs. And I'm hoping we'll do the same for you and give you the confidence to make that brave leap yourself. So I'm blessed to introduce you to my new friend, Miss Joy Robles. Joy and I still aren't sure how we know each other, but we're very glad that we've met. We have so much yeah. in common. <laughs> and Joy, Joy started her career in a very male-dominated industry. She'll tell you a little bit about that. She's been there, been a powerhouse a saleswoman for 20 plus years and really has grown up through the ranks in her career. She shifted to actually helping others find their power in her program that she's launching soon called The Power of Sales Unleashed. So I'm really excited to hear about that. But Joy, let's just jump right into it. And I would love, you know, I always like to start these conversations with the guest just sharing, you know, a little bit about your story, precursor to what you're doing now, and, and most importantly, what has, I guess, prompted you to make this shift in your life? Okay. Well, thank you. I pre- at least again, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And I'm meeting so many wonderful, wonderful, amazing entrepreneur women that are just absolutely amazing, astounding me on my mindset of what is capable I joined, it's so funny because it seems so, it seems so opposite of what I've been accustomed to in 20 years in a male dominated industry. I've spoken, I've been usually the most only woman in the room a majority of the time. And then to be immersed in so so many innovative and inspiring females, it is really, it is amazing to me. I am so stoked by this. I really am. I started about 20 years ago, as you said. As an administrative assistant to the CEO, he was looking for someone that he needed for his daily tasks. He had never had an administrative assistant before. When I joined, I was a, I'm trying to explain, see how I can explain this. I was an extremely, I was a very religious woman. So I came in and I said to him, I'm amazed you chose the woman with the long dresses and the short nails instead of the one with the shorter dress and the long nails. And he was, he was an extremely, he was a devout um, Jewish man and I was a devout Catholic at the time. And it just kind of amazed me that we just, our paths just synced. We understood each other on a deeper level, on a faith-filled level. We understood the dynamics of where we were coming from, regardless of the difference in religion. It didn't matter. And we connected and he, he said, I saw something in you. I just decided that, you know what? Yeah, this was the person I wanted to hire. And 
we worked together the first year and I started to interact with his customers a little and he said, you need to be in sales. And I just, you know, and sometimes when you have gifts and talents, it takes other people to see it, to, to identify and notice it more, even though you have had this challenge your whole life or this ability or, or potential. And it was hard for me to say. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, you need to be in sales. And he transitioned me over to sales. And within two years, I sold over a million dollars in building materials. And it was, it was, a, it was just a straight shot. And people would say to me, you know, how did you have so much success? You know, it's funny, and people are going to think it's funny, but I studied the Word of God for many years, and I had this kind of arsenal, if you will, buildup of, of, of understanding of my worth and value. So when I went with a product, I just believed that my ability to bring it to market, because I believed in who I was, and people would say to me, and I didn't apologize for my, my faith. I didn't apologize. I was very bold in my faith. They all knew it. They all knew it. And I saw it because I treated it more than a, a transactional thing. I treated it more like a ministry. And I came to them and I wanted to know not just about what I could do for you at this moment on this particular transaction, but what can we do in a relationship? What can I help you with to build your business? And they weren't used to, I think, in some respects of looking at the whole picture instead of just looking at one transaction. I think that they were just so, and they were very, I work in, in, uh, in being the male-dominated industry and building materials. They're very rough and rough and tough and rugged, and they have very quick to the point. So I had to learn how to be humorous, kind of to differentiate myself and to kind of give them a moment in which they stepped back and, and laughed and realized, wow, you know what? I just spent my whole day without laughing. I just spent my whole entire day just doing transactions and not just being lighthearted. And I, I, I like to laugh. I mean, I do. I said, if I'm going to sit in this chair for nine hours a day or eight hours a day, I'm going to laugh and enjoy my time doing it. So when I got on the phone with a lot of these people, I laughed a lot of times. I mean, literally just laughed and they love the jovial spirit and they love the energy and the enthusiasm and, and, you know, and I would say to them, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pray for you. If you need some help today, tell me what you need. And I would be glad to do it. And I did. And I think that kind of threw them a little bit sometimes. And some of the other approaches that I did was I would send them cards that of a conversation, what we discussed in our conversation and maybe a joke that was in there that we had talked about. And they appreciated so much those little touches. And I think it's sales. It really is about, and in life, I think it's about, you know, reaching out and touching people and not, not just a physical touch. I think even these days you send something and just say, I'm thinking about you. I know we can't, we can't be there. So I just want you to know you're my thoughts. A text message that's personalized. That's not just a standard. Here it is. I'm just going to send this off as a, as, as a, you know, a blanket statement, something personal that says, I see you. I recognize you. I know you're there. And I know what, what, what your concerns are meant the world to these guys. And they started to tell me things and open up in ways that I discovered that this was really a job and a ministry in the same respect, because I had worked seven years prior as a youth minister. So I worked as a youth minister and felt like, wow, this has definitely been a, sort, of, sort of a an upgrade in age. So I went from working with teenagers to working with adults. Yet they wanted, they needed somebody to just not just hear them, but to listen. And I think so much in our work days, I don't think we realize that it's not about the request. 
It's about what's the question behind the question. And it's about asking something deeper. So when they're saying, you know, do you have this? Well, what is it, the reason that you need it for? What is the problem that you're having? What, it, what, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. Just those little segues of questions. You know, give me an idea, a better idea. I'm not sure I understand it completely. And it opens, it, it's very open-ended questions that just open the world up to you gaining a better understanding of what your client's pain point is and what it is that their expectations are. Because sometimes I'm assuming something and finding out they have something totally different in mind. And if you've ever spoken to men as a woman, well, you can totally understand. <laughs> right, <many>. right. <laughs> oh, gosh, they converse so differently, which was another obstacle I had to overcome was understanding how do these guys communicate? Because I had spent, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, you can look like, look like I had so much success. That first year was brutal because I spent most of the time in the bathroom every day crying because I took everything and internalized everything. And I had to get a tougher skin because when you're working in certain industries, you have to get tougher skin. And I had to realize, okay, are they just being this way because they've had a bad day? Somebody just annoyed them. They, somebody, you know, made them feel bad. Like there's, I always have that factor, which I've heard a long time ago, wounded people, uh, hurting people, hurt people. And they do. And I had to identify that and say, well, you sound like you're really having a rough day. And that opened it up that it just brought their whole guard down. And it was, okay, now I can, I can talk. And it's really understanding when you're talking to people what lights them up and what what aggravates them and and really gaining a sensitivity to that and saying I know this is what bothers you because you had stated this in the last conversation or you stated this before so let's see if we can get away from that avoid that so that doesn't happen again people value being listened to I mean they value that you remembered what they said they value that you you held it in such esteem that you would remember it and hold it in your heart and like, I've had guys tell me, you remember that? You remember I told you that? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I do because it was important to you at the time. So if it's important to you, it's important to me. And to tell people that, and and I think they feel that authenticity because we can do that all the time, but it doesn't matter if you're not authentic. If you're not bringing it across and truly meaning it with your heart, it comes across in a false flat. And, and it's really, it really is, and I have to say for women that I've noticed because Going from a male-dominated to female-dominated, there's certain dynamics that I've noticed. And one of the things that I did notice in starting out, especially with women starting out in business, is their lack of ability to have that confidence in what, they, what they're bringing to the marketplace or how they're presenting themselves and feeling their own worth and value. It has very little to do with the transactional side of it itself. It has more to do with your mindset and how you feel because if you truly believe you're bringing a solution to your customer, you're not going to want to get them off the phone because you know how badly this can help them. And you would want to say, I really want you to understand my whole heart because I've seen it myself and I know you can have that same thing. It brings that sense of passion and purpose across in a way that it is, is resonates with people. And that's something that I truly want to do for women. I mean, really I think you you really hit uh, you gave me a lot of questions just right there because so let me ask you my observation of of women that I've interviewed on this podcast compared to the men it's very interesting because I so agree with you I think it is I know 
really being a successful business builder is really about 10% skill set and 90% mindset. And I think what happens is people make this leap into building their business. However, what they bring with them is their employee mindset. And they're used to being told what to do and they are trading their time for money. Whereas the reality is with entrepreneurs, we often put a lot of time in before the revenue comes. And so much of it is on our minds. Now, you and I, we have that commonality in our faith. And I do so agree with you that having your, your, your personal worth in however you have come to that. Um, point. So is is just, it does actually help a lot with success going in for sure. Now you obviously worked on yourself iteratively, you know, what would you say to women and men, you know, that maybe, maybe they have faith in their life, but it actually, they haven't even considered adding it to their business. Um, because I think that's such power when you actually combine those two, which you clearly have done, I've done. Tell us how you've done it and, and what people might be able to tactically do if they haven't considered that. Well, I will say when I entered, I was, I had extremely, I did with a very extremely religious mindset. So there was kind of like this box that I created and, and it worked in terms for me for a period of time until I was able to really expand. It really took a lot of expanding the box because I understood things, but I had limits that I put on the people that I worked with, the the way that they approached things. And and so for me, it had to be open the box up. the, The ability to understand your worth and value, it isn't particular, it's not sectionalized to any particular religion or faith. It's the faith in knowing that you've been given certain gifts and talents of which there's a responsibility for you to share them with others. So that way it helps others grow as well as for your own growth. And I found that when I took my mind off of my own growth and put it on, how can this help someone else? It just catapulted because at that point, my excitement and enthusiasm was more for watching someone else grow than it was for seeing my own growth was kind of an after effect of it because I was so focused on helping others and being service oriented that it was no longer about being self-oriented. And it really, I, I mean, there was just so many instances of which I've watched people excel and succeed and, and feeling like I could even have a small part of that was, was gratifying to me. I, looking at it, there were just so many times and so many opportunities that I felt that when I faced my fear, and this is not a message people like to hear <laughs> because when it comes to, oh, you may not have to face fear. <laughs> you may not have to do something afraid. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> and you don't want to, you don't want to cushion that and say, no, don't worry about it. You'll never be afraid of anything. You'll never have a risk in your life. You'll never have to take a step, but you do. Faith is being able to say, I trust that that next step will be there. I, I trust that even though I don't know and I'm not sure I'm going to do it anyway. And I trust that it will reveal itself as I go along. And that can be quite daunting to do. And it is things that I, even taking this risk of going into the sales department um, was a big risk for me. And yeah, I took a lot of faith to say, 
if this opportunity came to me, it came for a period of time, the doors and windows of opportunity are open in certain areas for certain periods of time, and then it closes. And if I don't grab it now, I will have missed this opportunity. This usually opportunities always come. When we are open to wanting to see an opportunity, it'll present itself. When we feel like, oh, it's gone for now, it's gone forever, that's when we we no longer see it. But they're always there. Opportunities are all around us. We just have to be open to accepting them and, and be envisioning enough to say, all right, I'm going to grab it when I see it. And I will see it. Yeah. And well, and I think, you know, for those listening to this later, we're in the midst of the COVID crisis right now. We're about, gosh, nine months into it. And I'm curious, you know, if you, Joy, look, say, 20 years ahead, you have you have two daughters, right? Yes, I do. Okay. And say, picture yourself on your your porch. You're with your grandchildren around you, and they say, "Grandma, I just learned about COVID, and I heard people went crazy." You know, what would you say, Grandma? What did you do? I want to know what you did. What What will you be able to tell your grandkids? Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I got creative. I got creative and started to say, where do the opportunities lie and where do they exist? And and how can we make the most of a dark situation and bring the light into it? And looking at how many things transitioned, how creative we all had to get and how you had to learn to pivot, I think is indicative of each and every person throughout life. COVID had nothing to do with this. It really didn't. All it did was bring the awareness to people that we need to get creative in our thinking and how we, and we should never cling onto something so tight that if it falls, because it's like grabbing onto sand, it just falls through your fingers. If you try to clutch it, it's going to just fall through your fingers. I think hold loosely to things and be receptive that when needed to pivot, it's okay because it's actually going to come out better than it ever was before. And it's hard to imagine when you're in the middle of it. And it's hard to look at it when you're struggling. I have been there and, and I have gone through it because before I got the job that I had for the 20 years, we were just barely getting by. I mean, my husband had gone through a deep depression after losing his mother and he was out of work for quite some time. And I'll never forget looking and realizing, coming to the realization that he was going to run out of his pay of his unemployment insurance within like two weeks. And then we would have nothing. And my legs shaking, thinking, time to pivot. I have to pivot. We got to take a step. We got to do something. And what happens is when you get paralyzed with fear, you're paralyzed. Fear can paralyze you to the point of which you take no action and you're totally doing inaction. And it was necessary to take a step, any step that was possible, take a step. And that step just happened to lead me into a job that created a financial security and a financial prosperity for me for many years after and helped my family for the next two years during that time of which he was out of work and, and struggling and and was I was able to be the breadwinner for for my family. And it, were you at were you at home with the girls for a period of time then? Yes, I was. And yes, that, I was. And the, until you stepped into the the building supply. Okay. Yes. Got it. I love it. Yeah, so I ended up working full time. And, and then what happened was, and it's funny because I had gotten uh, interviewed on another podcast and they said, well, what? how did you handle that with your children being little and you were traveling? And I said, it's very funny because I said, and I understood their mindset. I said, because I understand that gen- your generation. I said, but, you know, I said, nobody would ask a man that. 
I said, but you ask a female that I said, my husband stayed home and he took care of our kids and he was the one cooking dinner and he was the one getting them ready for school when I had a business trip to go to. And that was okay. I said, and that was the dynamic the way, like my kids knew mom travels for work or mom goes and dad's home with us. And that was perfectly, that was where my household was normal. It was just normal. And, you know, it was just, it was just different than what everybody, other people's households were like. I love that. Yeah. I, I wonder, let's shift a little bit to our younger generation, because I do think we talked about this a little bit. We both have older kids, you know, some still in college, some, you know, in their first, you know, careers and in transition. And I think I see a lot of young people getting into this corporate life and it's not speaking to their soul. It's, you know, the, the life that their parents led is not what they are, are seeking, you know? So what would you say to those young people right now? You have two of them in in, in fact, that are both on their own journey, right. And in different phases of life. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, and it's so funny that you should say that because if you haven't been raised in an entrepreneurial background, it's, it's a little hard for you to differentiate and to think that that option is open for you or that dream exists for you, but it does. And the only limit to that dream is going to be your own self. It's only going to be the, the limit that you place on your own self. And I think every single one of us knows if we deep down ask ourselves inside of us, what is the legacy we want to leave? What is, with, what is it that we want to be known for that when conversations come up and bring up our name, that we want spoken about us? And when we can identify that, we can identify our brand of what it is we want to become and what it is we want to achieve and what purpose and what motives we have for that achievement. That takes self-reflection. That takes time to really identify that for ourselves. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I investing my time? And I think so many of us in corporate get caught up in it while I'm doing it because I'm supposed to do it. Because if I do this, I get this. And if I do this, I do this. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's what do I invest my time in? Because I see it brings me the greatest reward and fulfillment rather than just, just for a goal-setting procedure. It's what do I want to do because I want to truly make the biggest difference. And there's a difference there between goal-setting and difference-making. Oh, I like that. That's, I love that. Yeah. Well, and you've been, I mean, we have the commonality that we've worked on commission a good portion of our life. So we already have that idea that we don't want to just be trading our time for dollars, mm-hmm. but let's maybe let's talk to those people that are still in that kind of mindset. And I think sometimes the, the perception is they see people that are doing things differently, but they just can't picture themselves in, you know, gaining those abilities. And yet the reality is we all have a story. We all have a skill set that's our own, that's unique to us, that we can, anyone at any time can monetize, can create an income stream for themselves. And you've done this now. So talk to us about you know, kind of what prompted this new initiative in your life, how you're, how you're leveraging your time. Cause I know you're still kind of 
straddling mm -hmm. both. And so, cause I think people tactically, sometimes they, they need to see a real life case of, okay, how are you managing? Now you have this idea. Now, how do you put it to life and really make it work? It's, you know, and I won't, I, I don't want to disillusion people and make them, because I think I got a little disillusioned with the premise of what people made it seem like it was so simple. And it's like a half hour a week and, or a half hour a day and you can boom, you got a whole business up and running. And it's, oh no, let's face it. It's way easier to be an employee. It's yes. just not as fun in my opinion. <laughs> It seriously is, but you're absolutely right. The fulfillment of meeting so many wonderful people and having the connections. And I will say everything. And I think the reason that I gravitated and really meshed well in this environment is because I was built for relationships and I understood the value of relationships and the value of the networking and, and wanting to help people. I had just gotten off a call prior to this and and she and I, she says, I need to work with you. Like, we need to do something together. And I thought, absolutely. And it's just the feeling of, I want to help her succeed because I see the gifts and talents there. I want to help you. I, I want to help people that I see the gifts and talents and the true desire to be a significant difference in this world is something that I really feel empowered to do. And I looking at, yes, being an employee is much easier. It really is. I'm not going to, it is being starting your own business because you're independent. You have to take your accountability, responsibility for, and you have to be disciplined and you have to be disciplined in your time and how you're accessing it. And I said to somebody the other day, being an entrepreneur, I have faced, it is no, it has been such a huge test for my own internal struggles. That I didn't even realize. I'm like, wow, I thought I died to that. <laughs> and all of a sudden it comes right. That fear comes rising up and the, the doubts come rising up. And I'm like, wow, this is a, a, a course in personal development that I didn't know I was supposed to take. I thought I, I thought I aced that, that course a while ago. And it's just, it definitely has been triggering and bringing things out that makes you feel alive because now you're conquering and now you're battling things that okay, you could go to a desk and work and, and just be like, okay, I'm doing what I need to do, but you never feel really invigorated and really motivated. And this has been motivating. It has been teaching me. It has been a, a journey of which I would not trade. And there have been tears. There have been frustrations all along the way, but there has been such exuberance and such elation at the fact that I've been opened up to a whole world of women and people, entrepreneurs, and men as well. I have met some amazing men entrepreneurs, but I will say the majority of them have been women. And to see just the, the absolute potential of what, when I watch someone, I always think to myself, what, what God did for you, he did for me. So I always look at it and go, you got that? I got, I can do that. And I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. None of us, none of us are, are any less worthy or any less capable of having what the top achievers have. And we just have to, like I said, lift the lid. We have to lift the lid. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, tell me your thoughts on this, but my observation, I, I was in corporate like you for almost 25 years and women, I, I so agree with you. We are natural. We're naturally nurturers and naturally want to connect and help yeah. one another, often to the detriment of ourselves, quite frankly. Sure. And for whatever reason, my observation, now that I'm out of it, is that that corporate environment is actually not 
a natural to that nurturing mechanism in women. And in fact, unfortunately, when I think back on my female bosses in my life compared to my male bosses, I would love to say the females were better, but they weren't. In Mm. fact, oftentimes they're not necessarily empowering compared to men. And I don't know why that is. I have, I have had a few, I had one in particular that truly was a servant heart leader in my opinion, but I'm just curious, like, I think personally in a lot of ways, the entrepreneurial space is much more, it's just a better overall environment for most women. Mm -hmm. If they really get true to themselves and their, their inner you know, their true inner strengths and what brings them joy. And I just, I'm curious your opinion about that in general. And although I realize you've worked in primarily male dominated environments, I'm just curious what your opinion is on that. I agree completely. I think, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head because I've been very fortunate to work because I wouldn't have been here 20, almost 20 years in this environment, this corporate environment without having many servant leaders. I have also watched them go through the growth of the service because it's a small, it was a smaller family owned business. I watched as it, it is a multi-million, a multi-million dollar business. And I've watched this transition in leadership of the personality and development of character development of the individuals that have gone through this. So I've watched the transition, if you will. And I agree. It doesn't, female or male doesn't, is irrelevant. I think what it is, is servant based leadership. When you can look at someone as, what can I do for you in a leadership capacity, you're empowering them to lead themselves and to be able to to make their own decisions independently. And you're structuring a sense of confidence and confidence in them that they're able to do this without having to be told. So the greatest leaders are the ones that can walk away from an organization and know that it's going to take off and lead itself because they've taught them how, they've taught their people how to be leaders within themselves. So you're not always having to sit there and, and ask them questions. Did you do this? Did you do that? And micromanage, you are actually entrusting them. And then if they do make a mistake, which I have done, and I've gone and said, look, this is, I said, I could go from hero to zero in about two minutes here. So I said, <laughs> tell you right now, tell me if I'm a hero or a zero on this one. And the fact of the compassion and understanding and saying, let's figure it out. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And if I made a mistake, Having that ability to say, it's a mistake. What'd you learn from it? Let's figure out how the lesson learned here so we know it won't be repeated. But when you have leaders, which I have worked under prior, that are very uh, domineering and dominant and controlling, then it actually um, intensifies your ability to, to make mistakes. Because now you're so careful, trying to be so careful, that whenever you're trying to be overly cautious of something, you're going, to make, you're going to make mistakes because it's just a mindset shift that when you're more relaxed, you will, you will tend to look at things through a different lens than when you're very, and I've been through micromanagers in my time over the 20 years. I did have one that was extremely micromanaging and made it extremely confining of an environment. And he didn't last long. I mean, many of them don't. When they are in those types of positions, and I always say, Whenever someone is in a position of a power-hungry, uh, power struggle or trying to be power-hungry, I always watch it and I say to myself, I know the way this works. 
And someone who's power hungry always wants more power. They're never really satisfied with enough. And it's usually their downfall. They will just go after and keep going until it actually takes to their fall. So they can sit back and say, you know what? I I don't need to to fight that battle. I'll let that battle fight for itself. What would you say some signs are, you know, you actually made, you're, you're in the process of making the transition yourself. What was it for you that, that prompted you to really, okay, it's time. I need to, I'm going to diversify. I'm going to really step outside my comfort zone. And also what, what signs were there ahead of time? Cause most likely you had those signs probably a couple of years before you actually did anything. Definitely. If people are in transition right now, Yes. Um, and think this is the perfect time to be reinventing yourself. Definitely. Um, so what signs would you say you saw that others can observe in themselves? I think um, that, that um, time. yeah, you know, I think that when I saw, I saw transitional things happening within the organization that I thought to myself, am I letting my future be dictated to me or am I dictating my future? And I had to learn that my, you know, our, our ability to look at our future and our destiny, if you will, is not all just set in stone and we just coast away. We can determine the direction of our destiny to a certain extent and figure out where we want to be, but we have to have clarity. And and looking at that, I said to myself, I'm going to allow, if I just sit back and watch this whole thing play out, not knowing what what the outcome is going to be, I'm allowing myself to be victim to my own destiny. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. And I thought to myself, if I establish this as a foundational thing and it doesn't go the way I want and and the other side doesn't go the way I want, I have something I can essentially springboard myself off of. And as I've been establishing this and working through it, and it's a process, it is a process of laying the foundation down, which I've had to learn a lot of stuff because when you're learning from nothing, when you do know nothing about the entrepreneur space, then the online space, then the marketing space, there was a lot of spaces you had to fill in. And, and it was a long time to learn and go through and stumble and fall and say, okay, I got to, okay, I have to pivot this way to learn this. And this is, you know, so there was a lot of, a lot of education that came with it and a lot of talking to some amazing people. And then some people that were also still in the process of learning that I had to then learn how to differentiate between who are the authentic ones that really know what they're talking about and who are the ones that are kind of placating or kind of um, boosting a little bit more with grandiose than what is necessarily true. Not everything is as it seems. So you have to ask strategic questions in order to differentiate who's authentic and who's not. Because in these spaces, there's a lot coming. Oh, I think you, you hit something so, so great right there because Let's face it, we live in a world that there is a lot of noise. There is so much that we talked about this earlier, that bright, shiny object, you know, the next, I think a great, great tip that I learned from my coach is always spend 24 hours before you make a decision. And it's, it's important. Tell me your thoughts on this, but my observation is the sequence in which you do things is very important too. Because I think when you're first starting, would you agree mindset is probably the number one thing you can invest in is, is coaching around your mindset in general. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that was one of my first errors 
not knowing much, thinking, and I think this is a pitfall that a lot of new entrepreneurs can fall into is the coaching that wants to give you, uh, when set you up with the, the funnel, and they set you up with all of the hardware, and it's more the software you need. It's not the hardware. The hardware only runs as good as the software is. So it's kind of like the external will only be the after effects of the internal. If you cannot fix the internal first, the software is not going to run. Because the hardware is not going to run because if you can't get the software programming correct, it doesn't matter how wonderful the execution is because you need to have the, the execution of a, of a well-aligned plan and a well-aligned mindset for it to go off properly. You could actually, that's why I tell people, imperfect action is better than perfect inaction any day. Just do it. Don't even, don't even care about what it looks like to people. Don't even care. I did it. I did it myself with just offerings and saying, you know what, but it doesn't look the prettiest. It doesn't look, put it out there. Just, just do it. Because the more that you do, the more comfortable and the more, I always say to people, God can't move a parked car. You just can't. You have to be in motion. You know, if you want direction, you got to be in motion. It may not be, you may not think it's the right direction, but as long as you're in motion, you'll be moved to where you need to be moved to. If you are clear on what you want to attain, because you need to have vision and you need to have a clear clarity and vision. I think clarity is so important and clarity, not saying, well, I want to earn a lot of money. That, that's not clarity. How much money do you want to earn monthly? How much money do you want to say at the end of the year, I have earned based on this income from this, from this event or from this business? What is clarity? And writing it down gives more empowering to that belief system than anything on earth. And your hand is going to shake when you write some of this stuff. And if it doesn't, you're doing it too small. Yeah. Too yeah. Small. Be bold. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. You have to play big. You can't it's either go big, go big or go home. Just make yeah. it. Wait, this is not a practice life. Ms. Sharon Lecter says that. <laughs> One of my mentors. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, I can't believe we are out of time. We're actually over time. I can't, you and I could talk forever, I think. And we're, we are going to do things together. I can tell. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> so, um, Joy, tell us how our, our listeners can reach you. I know you have some uh, a program that's coming up that you're excited about. Share, us, share yeah. a little bit about that. Yes, I have a, a master class that I'm going to be doing on Saturday. I'm just looking at the calendar here. Saturday, the uh, October 17th, which is going to be uh, How to Sell Like a Pro. And I also have a free download, if anyone is interested, which is The Seven Steps to Becoming a Kick-Ass Saleswoman, which is at uh, www.power-unleashed.com. And they can download that for free. And uh, ask me for any details at joy at power-unleash.com. And I can send any information for the masterclass coming up. I love it. And I will tell you, I think they're going to get 20 years of experience in two hours. And uh, I think if anything, I really think that it will help people with the mindset approach of what it is to go in from, from springboard from nothing to something significant. And uh, it's, what we put the, what we put on the foundation is going to be indicative to how high you can build the building. And yeah. uh, it really does need, it's all about the foundational work. It really Absolutely. is. Well, and I think remember folks, it's really, it's not about the destination really. It's about 
the person that you can't become on that journey, really. It's, it's so powerful. Well, I am so thankful for your time, Joy. Thank you so much to our Dream Big listeners. I am so blessed to be part of your day. Thank you for carving out some time for us. Uh, our listeners, you know, tend to be early entrepreneurs themselves. And I know in my own personal journey, how impactful it's been to help hear the the story of others that have made that brave leaf to hire themselves. So thank you again, Joy, for joining us. For those of you that want to catch up on previous episodes, you can always go to dreambignationpodcast.com and be sure and go to Lisa Williams Co. to check out all of our programs and valuable content as well. So bless you all in your amazing life journey. And I can't wait to see you soon. Hey, Dream Big Nation community. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about working with Lisa and her team directly, go to lisawilliamsco.com and learn how to hire yourself.